Jesus. Let us be seated. Like the hymn writer says, today there is choving, there is pushing. People are very, very selfish. They want to outdo you in your office, in the marketplace. They want to shit you. But if you live by what God says and what he speaks to your heart, you will discover that your needs in the whole of 2024 has been provided by him. Because he said unto me that my need, your needs shall be done what? 
shall be supplied according to his riches in glory. Not according to the economy of Nigeria. Hallelujah. I am so excited about 2024. I don't know about you. You are just weeping and mourning and fearful of 2024. You better come and touch me and tap a little bit of the <laughs> excitement. Amen. Amen. So we are looking at um, living one day at a time. Living one day at a time. And we have read from Matthew chapter 25. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25 to verse 34. And I would want to put that passage in a context before we go on. It is good that we know that Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 7 is what is generally referred to as someone on the mount, or on the plateau, or on the level ground. Whichever way you look at it. And you see that the sermon was not necessarily for the unbelievers. It was not for the multitude. Yes, the multitude was there. But if you look at chapter 5 verse 1 and you look at Luke chapter 6 verse 20, you will see that it's very, very specific that this teaching was addressed to the disciples. If you look at chapter 1, uh, chapter 5 verse 1 of Matthew, it says, And seeing the multitude... He went on a high mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Verse 2 says, Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, The disciples came out of the crowd to him, and he taught them, saying, Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 20. Luke 6, 20. Luke chapter 6, and verse 20. And he says, then he lifted up his eyes towards who? His disciples and said, because he sent someone on the mount. So it's good we take note of the fact that what we are saying does not concern unbelievers. Unbelievers are supposed to worry because there is no support for them outside what they can do for themselves. So there is every justification for them to do what? To worry. This someone is not to them. So in this teaching is hidden the principles and rules for the kingdom lifestyle. Principles and rules for kingdom lifestyle. And one of the contents is what is our topic today. One of the principles that are needed to live the kingdom lifestyle is our topic today. As a person, I make it a habit of reading through the book of Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 7, at the beginning of every year. It's a must, because therein lies the way you should live and serve God and relate with your fellow human beings. And the lessons and the principles were taught by the Master himself. So the topic falls within the Master's prescription, or if you like, antidotes for worry. We will look at those prescriptions, and then we'll go from there. That's not our topic, but we'll look at them very closely, and then we'll go from there. Principles or antidotes, if you like, for worry. Because our topic is living one day at a time. So if you look at Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25, you can pick out some nuggets. So the first thing there in verse 25, 
is that it, um, it's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. But in our materials, uh, materialistic world today, we have placed pursuits of wealth and well-being above our personal health. You see some people, the way they walk like Jackie, they even affect their health and their relationship with both men and God, especially the family. So let's look at that chapter 6. Let's go a little bit backwards and look at verses 19 to 24. Verse 19 to 24. By the way, I hope we know that when the Bible was written, there was nothing like verse or chapter. So it's a message that flows. And if you look at this chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, for those of you who are using red letter edition, you find out that you have only four verses that are black. Um, is it black uh, letters, if you want to call it black letters or dark letters? That is the two verses of chapter, four, uh, chapter 5 and the closing two verses of chapter 7. Every other thing was a message from the mouth of Jesus. Hello? I hope you get that. So if you have not observed it, go and look at it. You will discover that verse 1 and 2 of chapter 5 is in black letters. And then the last two verses of chapter 7. The rest of the things was a lesson that Jesus gave at the stretch. So let's look at verse 11 to 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, on earth, where mud and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's impossible. As you step into this new year, make up your mind to put material things where they belong and put them back to your personal relationship with God and with people around you, your wife, your children, friends, more than the material things of life. Amen. And then if you look at Luke chapter 2 also, uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21, Jesus asked us a question, what has it brought to the man? If he shall gain the whole world and do the soul. What are you doing compared to the soul of man? So put emphasis on your soul and the souls of people around you more than material things. And also remember the parable of the rich fool in um, Luke chapter 12, 16 to 21. It's Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. I ask of that question. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? So we will still come back to this, this point where we are looking at the solution to how to deal uh, our life on their time. We'll come back to it. Number two, God has placed more value and care for man than animals. If you look at verse 26, and then chapter 10, verse 30 to 31. So in this school, you take note of the fact that God places more value on human beings than on animals. And attitudes should also be that way. You know, the very Hairs, if you look at chapter 10, verse 30, it says that the very hairs of your head are numbered. 
Then you should not fear. Therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. The hymn writer wrote this Don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrows is the one who stands by me. And the path that is my portion may be true. The flame of Lord, but his presence goes before me, and I'm covered with his love. Many things about tomorrow, I don't seem to understand. When I know what's tomorrow, The sparrow is the one that stands by you, it's the one that's going to see you through 2024. And you don't need to bother because it places more value over you than animals. Number three, worry adds no value. That's what Jesus is saying in verse 27. He asks us a question who amongst us by worry can add a cubit to our lives? Instead of adding, it will remove. I'm happy, the doctors are here, not because we don't have the time to ask them to come and testify. Rather than worry, added, it will rather make you less productive and useless, both yourself and to human beings. It diminishes your productivity. Then number four, verse 31 to 32. Worrying for all these things puts you at the same level with the unbelievers. I'm happy, uh, Mr. Samuels' translation, I don't know whether you're listening, you call it vacant. Okay? I, that's what our translation says. You'll be at the same level with vacant. I don't watch when you worry. Hello? Each time you worry, please tell yourself, you are no longer a Christian. You have become a what? A beggar. I was still in secondary school when God spoke to me very clearly. He said, this sin should be rated. The one that should be number one is the sin of doubt. When you commit fornication and all those things, you steal. It is between you and other human beings. It's not really directly against God. But when you doubt, you know what you are saying? God, the God you are serving is not the, the Almighty. It's a man, it's more God that even your problem is greater than. Do you understand? Hello, are you, are you getting what I'm saying? When you doubt, you are resisting the personality of God. At, a, at a that point, the God you are serving is an idol, not the Almighty God. Whether it's promotion, whether it's the fruit of the womb, whatever that problem is. But that problem has so towards God that you can no longer believe that He can bring solution to that problem. Then it's a problem. I listened to one documentary today by one James. You know, that young man was bedridden. For one year he was in the hospital. We saw it all over his body. He was blind, he was lame, he could not walk. And God sent a small girl to go and be reading the Bible. The doctors did not allow the girl to enter the world because God had no source in his body that the girl would infect him. The girl stayed outside the world and was within the world 20 chapters every day from the door. Later, the doctor called him. He had a quack. It's not stories. It's something that happened in our own time. He's still there preaching all over the world. They came and carried him. The doctor told the mother, carry him. They should go and prepare for his burial. The mother went to his prayer. And he was already calling relatives. They were getting ready for his burial because his systems have collapsed. 
can't walk, he can't, he can't do anything himself. Even other human beings have refused to come and help the mother because it was a very deadly, terrible human being. If you touch him, you can die. So it's only the mother that was suffering all those. But do you know, one second that Jesus entered that room where he was staying, he could see, he could walk, those souls, souls vanished. I was telling my wife this morning that I think that this man's healing is greater than the one we read in the early guy this morning. That man was, was there for 38 years. I said, souls were on his body and he was like this, James. He wouldn't have never to come to pull us beside her and come and say himself. So God is real, both in biblical time and in our time. Hallelujah. So when you doubt, even if we stop here and you stop doubting, the message has finished. Because whenever you doubt, you are not a worshiper. You are the same level with the pagan. That's our sister's translation. That's what it says. Pagan. I own said um, unbelievers, which is mine. But I like that translation. Pagan. Oh, we hear one. Hallelujah. Why is the greatest form of unbelief? Take note of it. Then verse 33, that's number 5. Seek first the kingdom of God. If you put God first, God's business first, God will also do what? He will put your own welfare also first. Like that, verse 21 and 19 to 21 where we read, say you should put your treasures, your treasures where? In heaven. And I know that during one of the Baptist World Alliance meetings, the World, the chairman of the World Baptist Alliance was asked a question. Or rather, he was even the one that asked that question, and it was the rhetorical and he answered it. So, how do you send your treasures to heaven? And people were giving different answers. He now said that the best way to send your treasures to heaven is to invest it on what is going to heaven. Motonaga heaven. Your buildings and all those estates you are building all over the place, are they going to heaven? Eh? What is going to heaven? The source of man. Thank God for um, uh, Professor Now, when he was doing the prayer this morning, you had when he was praying about tools. And we are having outreach. 9 to uh, 11, okay? February. Are you preparing for it? Praying and getting ready to be a part of it. When your money go into it, okay, look at the simple request that we have made. Let me even take this statistic. How many of us have sent phone numbers to ICT? Can I see your right hand? Just raise up your right hand. You can take statistics. If you have sent phone number, even if you just want phone number to ICT, can you raise up your hand? Even you are sure that you are looking at me. Why are you looking at me like that? It's not a laughing matter. Not a laughing matter. It is there in the church bulletin. You can see that you didn't hear when it was announced. But to collect the church bulletin, they are collecting judgment. Please, I want to believe that as we leave from here, even though I just smiling and looking at me, you have not sent an uh, ordinary one phone number, you are smiling. That's what will be frowning. What? Uh, said the flyer. Didn't I share flyer? Okay, Vika, did they say only share a flyer? I should not send the phone numbers. Please, let us be part of it. Let us own it. This um, outreach for eleventh to uh, 9 to 11 is just a platform the church has provided for you to do your ministry. Hello? It shouldn't just be that. 
But at least the official one that is requested from us. Let us do what? Let us do it. Don't be looking at me like that. This evening, you have to send your phone number, those your friends, and those your patients. Tell them to ICT. Then you can go and sleep. And then be praying. You know, I always say, you'll be praying that those people you sent it to will come. Hallelujah. And then leave the rest between them and Rafa Kapo and God. You have done your part. Amen. Let's invest on souls. Tell yourself that this 2025, you must be definite and conscious about it. 2024. Okay, 2024. Can you say it? This 2024. I must be definite and conscious about sending souls to heaven. Through going, through giving, through groaning. Hallelujah. Even if we stop here, I'll be very okay. Seek first his kingdom. Put the emphasis of your life on his kingdom. Number six says, do not worry about tomorrow. Let God do it for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Allow God to do what? To do it for you. I might try to do your work for you by looking at some of the things. You know, if we had time, I would have asked you what are some of the things that we worry about. You don't have the time. So, some of these things are judicious. Some of them are not. Number one is what to do what? What to eat. He says that he has already called it. That's number one. Number two is what? What to wear. Number three is where to live. These are the three that I call judicious, which right from time immemorial, even the early man had this need. What to eat, what to wear, and where to live. Every other thing after that is general. So I will list them for listing sake. But these are the three judicious needs. What to write? Do you know I can trek from here to Abakaliki? It's not possible. Achia. I can trek from here to Abakaliki. I don't have motor and I don't have money. I start Sunday morning. Before Sunday evening, we'll die in Shabakaliki. Eh? If you tell us, you know, all young people, I won't be say a group, but if you know where we go to farm in Africa, it's as much as going from here to Abakaliki. I will still come back that same day. Try to come back 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Because our place is very hilly. You don't use motor to go to farm. So I thought I was talking to young people who refused to come to meeting, to join a meeting. That was when? On Tuesday, I think. And um, I told them I used to train from New Heaven to this church. Or they had no, but it was, it's a regular something. I trained from New Heaven to this church. I trained back. I said, delight. So that if I don't have alternative, now I don't have money to enter bus. I just want to do it. I come here from New Heaven after the program, I trained back. Before you don't need to own moto to be active in God's work. That's the point I'm making. And to even be satisfied as a family, because those are the cares that will make you not to enjoy 2029. When you think that moto is a comfort, moto break here down, the whole family are disorganized. Doesn't make sense. Let me go on because of time. What to get in education? Education is another dangerous trap. By the time you get first degree, you go out for masters. After masters, PhD. <laughs> I remember when um, Professor, the former VC of UNN, our brother, 
Uzumba. You know the wife was living opposite my house in the day when they before they got married. So Ogalaga the woke before he wedded. <laughs> so before you will read, 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 he went over you Amamo, you can think it's UK he went to go and do PhD. You know that I was still young. I was wondering, so then I would tell doctor and I got to go PhD. He was trying that I and then that is the Nuku has a wealthy which I met you thought the suffering else you got one PhD. And all those years he was not married though. I have some friends who were his classmates. We bring the wedding at Naga, there are all of education. So, when you get it, you continue. And I have one. Then, choice of career, choice of life partner. Will we be children? After the Chakrawan, you will just go to the So, if the wedding will just continue until the day your wife takes in. It's a good idea. Don't take in of what? Hey, you are already sick in that family. Two of you. Temperature now rise. Agamokwa. And then when eventually you bear children, you begin to ask the mix. This is where I used to pity God. This, this one is a boy. Is it going to be? Let me tell you, my second son was not moving in the womb. So I and my wife were so worried. We went to Hansa Clinic because of worry. Doctor Boy went to that's my first time of Sikehun and Akwehana television. The phone school. My second son. I said, because I used to play with my first son when he was in the womb. But this one, the world of any side, I want the neighbor. So after looking up, saying that the fetus is very, very healthy. To be very frank, I didn't believe him. When he now saw my face, he now asked me, what's the first your friends will say, no, okay, say, okay, no wonder that I told you that okay, they were worried. He said, no, that is what don't even bother me. He started telling me how he has the four children, uh, three uh, boys, then the fourth one is a girl, but do I know that this boys, on a talk and upon to be high when they already becoming old? That's only that girl that will ask him, how are you that? Instead of solving my problem, he had Improving it, creating the appetite for a girl, which has never really bothered me. It was the talk that made me to begin to bother about girl or boy. I left his clinic that day and start saying, Get hey, my wife now, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, is it going to be a boy? Is it going to be a girl? Whereas some people are praying for one eyed child, one a child with one leg. Even a child with one hand, they will be very happy that at least now he will go to one. You know, she will go in the room, walk in the room, wine, wine. Praise the Lord. Amen. Health worries. Do you know at times our worries becomes worse than the health, the sickness itself. Whether you are going to die. Health worries. What if I lose my job? That's another one. Enough on the self-employment, I yet you already worrying. What if you lose it? And I said, add infinitum. For those of us who are grandparents, I can tell that the cycle continues. I thought that after now I've sent my children and now I relax and enjoy my wife. What are we? That's when the problem even started. One of my general children said that grandchildren is sweeter than children. I told you, be very careful. Those children are not your children. They are your son and the wife's children. Or seniors, but they are his, his grandchildren. And I began to watch my wife. The attention my wife pays to the grandchildren is even paid to her children. 
So, if you want to know this thing I'm talking about, go and ask Venerable Samuelson because he just came out from one. The sweat coming out from Mrs. Samuelson was not coming out from our sister that is wedding. The other discussions are private. Oh no, you're an abal. This me that is talking, I just experienced it between October and December. You discover I wasn't fishing, even outreach committee meeting, I was not attending. Each drum, you take it that I'm married and giving a marriage. During my own wedding, I went to work on Friday and wedded on Saturday. I was not the one that shared my wedding card. But this is my son's wedding that went. Away from my wife not travel to the sharing card everywhere. <laughs> went to Anambra to Onicha uh, once. Went to Kehana um, Kuabatiti. That two or three times. Went to Potako three times because the other one I went. Read my own wedding and I travel to any place. So the cycle continues. If you don't cover yourself, what are you getting into the grave? If you don't cover yourself. Oh, this, are you hearing me? By the time these children are gone, the grandchildren will start the cycle again. So I cannot get my name and advice early enough to put these things aside. Hallelujah. Abraham Maslow summarized human needs. Thus, he grouped them. All these things we have said, he grouped them into five. Number one is what he called physiological needs. Where the food and the clothing and the rest of them fall. And then he talked about safety and security needs, which for me is even more important now in Nigeria than food. And then number three is sociological and belongingness. Some of us play with it, but it's very, very important for your health that you relate well with others. And then number four is self-esteem. Because if you look at that, Luke chapter 1, verse 52 and 52, where the Bible says that Jesus Christ grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and man. Any of those links you through your foundation will be faulty. You must grow in wisdom, you must grow in stature, physique, and then you must grow in sound relationship with other people. Don't just be religious about your relationship with God and despise your relationship with people. Those four things form healthy foundation for your growth. Then number four is esteem. And then the final one is self-actualization. Only very few Nigerians attend number five. Because again, you go to the movie before you start actualizing. You have to eat, have a comfortable and safe uh, uh, employment. One of my doctor friends working at FMC was telling me they were paying their half salary. And so if doctors start any half salary, Nigeria is finished. <laughs> because I'll leave it to my half you can't be treating other people. Half salary, I tell you, three, four months, they're paying the doctor. Half salary. Before I most of our brethren who are teaching at half, they are in trouble. Including even the vice chancellor. Oh, then, for years, wickedness. And the politicians are sharing money. So, you are not eating it. Self-actualization is when you have attained all the needs of life. Then you are now, that's why you see the white man going to the forest. forest. And then you need to do extraordinary things beyond the normal things of life. They are striving to be uh, retiring at the age of 45, 50. And anyway, we are telling lies to extend our retirement age. And people have been bothering me. What are you doing? Is it doing again? I thought I retired from doing to resting. So why should I be doing again? What's the use of retiring? Everywhere I I said I want to be resting. So one of our uncles said that is um, 
And the day later, what they call him, is, uh, he used to be at Abamunia, a medical doctor. He told me I should not of arrest. Scripture in your work will it allow you to of arrest. When you are talking about working now, it's not really being active. I'm active. But I don't need to bother myself again about pursuing money. Whatever it is. Hallelujah. So please advise yourself. There is one solution that man has always adopted in handling life difficulties that we need to look into. Sociologists call it escape. Now I'm a social scientist. We call it escape. And that's the easiest way of solving problems. You escape from it. But when you escape from it, as it is solved, then the, the Yorubans call it Jaffa. The Yorubans call it Jaffa. If you look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 to chapter 13, verse 1, you look at the word went down in verse 10. And then went up in chapter 13, verse 1. Going to Egypt is always described in the Bible as going down. It's akin to backsliding. It's akin to going where you are not supposed to go. So he went down to Egypt. And then in, in, in chapter 13, he said he went up. In other words, going back to where God wanted him to, to be. To God's purpose for your life. As we came into this year, if you are somebody that is pointed, you should have known where you are going. I already know the result of my December 2031. I know what it's going to be like. Apart from the issue of faith, you should be able to, as December is rounding up, to plan your life and know where you are going. As you are realizing it, you will be happy with yourself. It will even help you improve your, your health. Tell yourself the things you can do and the things you cannot do. When you give me an invitation, the first thing I look at it, it does not fall into what I'm talking about. I say no, even before you finish. Genesis chapter 10, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 10. To chapter 13, verse 1. But with particular emphasis in chapter 10 and 13, 1. We don't have the time to be reading those scriptures, but you can look up, you can look them up on yourself. You can also look at Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 to 6. You know, uh, Isaac wanted to do the same thing the father did by going down to Egypt. Egypt was like America. Was a superpower by that time. They, one of the, if not the most civilized economy in the world then. And so Isaac wanted to do the same thing. But God, look at what God told him. Say, do not do what? Do not go down to, to where? To Egypt. Say he should stay in the land and he was going to bless him. If you look at Ruth, chapter 1, verse 1 to 7, you see that when he took this issue of that vice, he went there, he lost the husband, he lost the two sons, isn't it? By the time he came back, he said they should not call him now me again, they should call you what? Mara, which means bitterness. See, he was accusing God. You remember the hymn right here? Say, Jesus, if you are looking down below, if you are in a put it in your word, the word, the situation now is not the way it was when you were coming down. That's what Mara's mother was saying. Say, you should not call me now me again. You should call me what? Mara. And she said to God, and said, God has done me what? But Archino Ketriaga, that was her in the first place. But it's God that is blaming. And God has done her way back, so you people should not call her Naomi again. Amen. So, let us take note that escape is not always the solution. We are still going to come back to it to put some more emphasis. First, we look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. Oh, from God, this one is God that said they should flee. 
When it is God that says you should flee, then it becomes acceptable. That's the case of Jesus Christ. God told Joseph to do what? Flee with him. In fact, me, I was surprised when I was preparing this message. No, but this same Egypt. Why is Egypt always the escape place? The same Egypt can't be again. Escape to. And he went down, and we all know the history at the end of the day. So we begin to conclude by looking at what will help us live one day at a time. We have about 11 of them, and then we we'll pray. And I want you to go with me. Number one thing that you need to do, if you are going to live very peacefully, relax and be useful to God, to your family, and to other humanity, take very serious note of number one. I call it value clarification. You can call it anything. Value clarification and identification. And I asked our question, how did we get to this place where everything is all about money, house, the type of house, the type of car you're driving, those who even have it, they want to change. When I was group president, myself and Ego Wanko, this woman came to our fellowship and invited us to come and pray for the husband. Husband is an architect, living at one big house at Independent Playhouse. And we went there. If you see the type of exotic cars inside that compound, you would think that anybody living in that kind of compound would be very peaceful. Myself and Ego, we sat in the parlor. The person we came to pray for came down from upstairs. Went upstairs. The wife started crying. Duplex. Mighty duplex. 30 cars all over the place. The wife said, That's how we went outside. And that's where we were still. She was still shifting and we were trying to calm her down. How did we get to this place where the value of our life is so much intertwined with material possession? How did we arrive to this place? Where all human beings, human value is placed on material. Why the master had said, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Luke chapter 12 verse 15. I want to read us through a little history. I will begin to round up and pray. Mass material progress tend to put or push God aside. From the days of Cain, if you look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 16 to 22, you can read these passages on your own. Take time to study them. Write them down. Take time to study them. We are not reading so we can gain time. Genesis chapter 4, from verse 16. That was the time that man in progress Civility. You can see acts, acts and culture progressing. Man was doing well. But what happened? That was when Cain killed so many people. He was a murderer. And his son even did more and said, If Cain did this much, then that's his punishment is even small. As if he was even boasting of his wicked acts. In the midst of progress, Rather than worship God, they push God aside. And it is until you go to that, cha- yeah, that chapter 4, verse 26. That's when Enos was born. And the Bible says that men now began to call God. Because in the midst of those progress, they were not calling God. Until Enos was born in verse 26. Follow me. Let's look at our own history. Before uh, 1300, that 1300, 
days back. God was in the front burner of learning, arts and culture. I read history to an extent. I did history in secondary school very, very well. The highest form of learning was theology. The height of learning was theology and followed by philosophy. There was four historical developments that we need to call our attention to. Number one is what we call the Renaissance, which every one of us here that went to school should know about. But we need to relate it to, the, to spirituality. When we did it in history, we just treat it secularly. But this began in Italy in 1300, like the kinetic development we have referred to in Bible, Genesis chapter 4, civilization. Man had great strife in literature, art, and architecture. Man began to exalt himself above God, and then leading to the doctrine of humanism, which anybody that did uh, theology that come across the, uh, the gospel of humanism. Gospel of prosperity, the gift of health and wealth, some of us may have read that book, is of humanistic origin. What we call the New Age, uh, human potential and consciousness movement. They are very, very strong. I want us to Google web, Google World Economic Forum, and you look at some of the things they are saying. Even follow Bill Gates and see some of the things coming out from his mouth. You know, there's a discovery now where they are saying something beast that if you don't own it, you cannot belong to modern civilization. I hope you are aware of that. These things are already happening. And the major, one of the speakers is that well, said that God is dead and that Jesus Christ is fake news. And that they have, there's a no spiritual power both to create and to destroy. And that you and I are irrelevant. You don't need your opinion and my opinion to make policies for us. So in the midst of this development and progress that Matthew is making, rather than draw near to God, it's rather pushing us away from God. And number two is the entertainment and enlightenment age. The other one is Renaissance, has to do with development of culture. Enlightenment has to do with the age of reason. Some of the leading proponents, like Voltaire and Descartes, acknowledge that God, you know, they acknowledge God. They do not like the Renaissance age, say that because they reason, they agree that there is a creator, there is a God, but they removed him from the throne, the throne man. They replaced him with man, claiming that if there was any God who created the world, he was no longer in contact with it. In other words, he created, he abandoned it for you and I to manipulate it the way we want, and then he's gone. Even this last election in Nigeria, so many of our people confront us. Why people still praying? Somebody said that if you like, bring one million judges that they cannot remove Tinubu. And you remember that Tinubu himself said, he told his people, said, go and do what? Just go and vote. Leave the rest for me. Talking so absolutely. How are you even sure you'll be alive? That day they did not be to the court. And he said, smash it. Do what? Run with it. And of course, some of us, we didn't know where he was going, but after the judges started doing their utterances, he said, okay, this man had his own confidence. And if you look at the things he's doing, he's very insensitive to human plights. Anya Banyego, I want to have one chances. So if you have not been praying, just know that you need to pray. The world is going 
judge us. They don't care about the things they say about God. So why should I care what I say about you? When they don't have the regard to the God that I worship, why should I be afraid of them? Some of my friends, if I call one of them, it's a doctor at Some of you will know him. That's our classmate. Now, we are next. We, we fell out because of what we were saying about um, Bill Gates. And I told him, look, I know you are getting from Bill Gates as a lecturer. Even one of us in this church will quarrel, but I thank God he has, he has changed. So those of you who are working with the uh, uh, World Health Organization, the United Nations, be very, very careful. So that you don't become implementers of satanic policies. Man is becoming so selfish, so wicked, so self-centered, pushing away his creator. And we are talking about one day at a time. We must understand. You know, we are making reference to that Japa that we are talking about. We'll see conclude. By the time we are concluding, you know why we brought in this history. Then the Industrial Revolution is the third one. Industrial Revolution. This was an expl- exp- uh, explosive period of human productivity and advancement. Spanning 1,700 to 1,800 years. Firing up human, uh, human confidence. You can see us fly in the air. You know that people used to travel one week or two weeks before you can get to the UK. Now in less than five hours, six hours to be in the UK, you be in the US. You know? So it made us to have self-confidence. Man had no need of looking up to God. The very first day of this, of this year, Abika preached to us. What was the topic? Eh? Looking unto Jesus. But we are telling ourselves, don't look unto Jesus, look to your Said, and some of them are both to tell you that you are a God. So there is a need that we know it. That we need to put God where he belongs if we must enjoy this year and to the fullest. Then number four is the theory of Charles Darwin. Of course, nobody here that went through secondary school that didn't come across that one. The publication of the origin of the species in 1859 ushered in the greatest intellectual revolution since the proclamation of Christianity. If he did not create the world, then there may be really no God. If God did not create the world, if we succeed in adopting Darwinian theory, automatically there will be no God. Because that means some other person created the world, or the world came into self-existence. In other words, the world is God himself. He brought himself into being. That's what Darwinian theory is talking about. As we grapple with our daily needs, let's know that Satan is also taking advantage of the global situation. I hope you are aware of that. COVID-19 brought to the fore the bestial nature in man, deciding to reduce world population. Recently, wealth is trying to eliminate 4, million, or 4 billion people through destruction of fossil fuel. I believe we are current with that. LG, LGBT is questioning the authority of God. See, your child that is born or reared in US or UK or Canada, may not share the same gender belief that you have. I hope you know that. I already questioned it. So he has the right. So you know, a girl. He has the right. He has the so, but he'll tell you that he's a boy. And you know, they are trying to ban the use of husband and wife. So use couple. You know, when it will be there, when he nominated his ministers, one of them, during the inauguration, if you watched it, during the inauguration, he said, um, I want my wife to come, to come. And the, the wife that came was the fellow man. You know? So, they don't want that, because they are making a ridicule. When you leave God by the side, make a ridicule of yourself. 
So they don't wonder if they could. They don't say we should remove husband and wife. So I can now call the her couple. So I want to call my partner. A guy must be a business partner. <laughs> so, praise the Lord. So they say that we know it. That's for us who are, when you are taking these decisions. Then, those of you who are transiting to France, you know, your son can rise one day and tell you that he wants to marry the mother. I hope you know that. In France, officially now. So when he wakes up, he will tell you, I want to marry the mother. So, let's take note of that, especially the young people in our midst, and those of us who are married. When you are taking a decision, because you know we talked talk about escape, we talked about Japa. Take it on the basis of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't allow your problems to push you into things that will bring greater problems than that problem when you have reached your destination. I have relations. I, I live far from the moon. And me that is here, I'm beating some of my relations out there. I one of my, of my niece, kind of one your senior sister, or niece, okay, nephew, 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 if you ever see me with Ranshuaya, I want to be So, the day I was, he's a medical doctor, and these are people, if you were saying, should be very, very comfortable, because I'm on this last place, but I'm comfortable there. But it's in the UK, the wife is in, the family is in the US. So, so I was talking with him, and then, even when he was sharing, you see some pains in the voice. Because decisions are not easy. It's too complex. One of my sons in the UK started telling me they want to relocate to US. Because all the money you work, you use it for what? For payment of bills. One of my classmates that visited from Canada, that time I was still a banker, he visited me at Ogui Road. He was lamenting. He said, look at you, you are progressing. So, let us, as we enter this year, if you want to have peace, when you're making decisions, go under God in fasting and prayer. You and your whole family, take that decision together. And whatever will come out of it, will give peace to the family and not create greater problems. Number two, we have talked about value clarification. Number two, way to handle your life if you are going to Enjoy this, uh, live one day at a time and be peaceful, is to have contentment. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to uh, 12. states so that we came into this world with uh, nothing. And it is certain that we are going to live this world with nothing. It's therefore advice. He said, therefore, having, having food and raiment, it didn't even include shelter. Which means you can come and stay there, them now. I can give you one room. You don't need to be struggling to build. Think, having food and uh, raiment, let us be there with what? Content. It doesn't matter. Just rule feet and put blocks. That's why the Yorubas are better than us. Some of my classmates at the Bumu show, if you go to visit them, they'll be boasting that they are landlords. But you know, an equal man is an average equal man is proud. When I go and visit them, I feel better, feel happier that I'm a tenant than the type of landlord have. <laughs> In that bungalow room, he made one or two rooms. The parlor, you can't sit on it because it has not been plastered. It's, the floor is still dusty. They've been in those two rooms. Then they repair the house. Nah, 
and they are wiser than us. But an evil man, until I want to go, that's my friend. He continues to be tenant on tea instead of him to go small bungalow and go and stay and be a landlord. On the mansion. Continue to trouble yourself. That's the evil man. But the Yoruba man, I'm telling you, you go to Ibadan, you see them, and then you see that's why Ibadan is spreading all over the place. I went to sleep with one engineer. He's out here. Elderly with grey hair, these are engineers that are known in Korean, they are the English Korean in Nigeria. I thought I was going to meet one beautiful bunch of, where I go? It was a big household, but incomplete. Inside the bush, okay, big man, this man I'm telling you, if he's here, he's to be, oh no, I couldn't invite you to be one of the oldest professors in engineering. He's a rich man who are not saying that he's poor. But they, all the children will be abroad schooling. They put them in the best of schools, Covenant University. That's the way the Yoruba spend. Then live inside the bush and be a landlord. But I don't have the I need to have a new heaven. Every time, if I'm there, choice this man, I have to go and beg my colleague to come and look up for me. We don't have time because this topic is not a theological issue. It's something we need to be very practical about. And when you go and implement it, you'll be happy with yourself. Hallelujah. Number three is no comparison. No comparison. No rat race. We are in the age. age I know it's rat race. So you are competing to outwit other people. No meeting with the Joneses. You can look up. Well, you can, you can read it on your own. You don't have the time. Jeremiah chapter 35. In fact, the whole of Jeremiah 35 is devoted to the Rakabites. So, their, parents, their father told them they should not build, they should not sow seeds, they should not dwell in, faith, in, in tents. They should dwell in tents. They should not drink alcohol. Do you know the prophet of God, the number one prophet in Israel, had to bring them into the temple and give them drink? I think about, we have a Fahagwaraha. They refused. And they said all their life they have never drink, uh, taken alcohol and they have never lived in houses or things. Because I Papa Hagora. Simple lifestyle. And they feel like these this, uh, officers that we are talking about. They live that simple lifestyle. I was working in the bank. I had a car. I had a wife that I had married. That was very comfortable. But um, now Lord one day Look at this fellow people in an uncompleted house. Now, now just, just like this. When I passed, the spirit told me, can you see them? Because as I was trekking, I was grudging. Begrudging the grudging, uh, the pens in the office, and the, the things you cannot afford. You know, those are the things that are always troubling you. The ones you have, you don't appreciate. And the spirit said, those people are your age mates. Look at the place they are saying. They are not the owner of the house. Where are door? Where are window? And they are, look at the way they are dancing. But you cannot dance before me. From that day, my complaint vanished. I don't talk about what I don't have. So no competition. Your own time, whenever it comes. This um, Rakabite, learn to read it. I like reading it regularly. To caution myself. And you, when you go to uh, uh, verse 18 to 19, you see what God pronounced about them. That none of them will cease in coming to his house because of the way they obey, not God, but their father. Amen. And then you can look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 
Verse 12 says that those who compare themselves to themselves, they are not what? They are not wise. Verse 17 says, if you, you must glory, you should do what? You should glory in God. Glory that you know Him. Number four, avoid oversaving. Purposeless accumulation. Can look at, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Let's read it ourselves. So you read it to yourself. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. From verse, uh, chapter 5, from verse 12 to verse 17. I'll read. The sheep of, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. There is a severe evil which I have seen under the sun. Riches cared for their owner to his heart. But those riches perish through misfortune. When he begets a son, there is nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return. To go as he came, and he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is what? Is severe evil. Just exactly as he came, so shall he go. And what profit has he who has labored for the wind? And labor for the wind. All his, all his days, he also eats in darkness. I read one thing that I don't forget. Have you read the total man? Eh? By Dan Benson. Have you read the total man? Every man here should make effort and read Dan Benson, the total man. In one of the chapters, I don't know whether it's chapter 5, there is an irony there. A billionaire, I think that was the first billionaire in the US. But when he was dying, he died of malnutrition. Malnutrition. But you're accumulating, and you pride yourself, you have this in the bank, even to eat, it's difficult for you. Read my own service. My wife is aware of this thing and says, because we together. You go to UI. You, <laughs> I thank God for the evil. See my neighbor to come and catch him. Maybe I could think catch on the professors. You go to the office. You see them. They will eat him bowl. They will red palm oil. Because in the morning when they are leaving, they will give only any what? When the daddy will red two hundred naira. Any money one hundred. Any mark fifty fifty naira. So what are you going to do with the money? You will not enjoy it. Don't oversave. Okay, got that. Try to just oppose some of these things. You know, if you go to independent layout, you will understand this. Thing. Some of those men who spent their life big, very bogus houses, because they get a very big gate. They will even be begging people to come and stay at the boss house and be taking care of the compound. So many of them. Don't overaccumulate. Abacha was melancholic. That accumulation. After tomorrow, Nigeria is still recom- uh, recovering the loot. <laughs> so, till the soil, if you look at that, um, you till the soil and be satisfied when you till the soil. That's the next one. Avoid oversaving, purposeless accommodation. accumulation. Then the next one is don't be lazy. Number four, don't be lazy, purposeless. Um, you work hard, but with moderation. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6, you are told that the lazy person should do what? Go to the ant and learn. 
Then chapter 12 verse 11, it says you should till the soil and be satisfied with bread. If you don't till the soil, you will not be satisfied with bread. Chapter 14 of Proverbs verse 23 says, in all labor, there is what? There is a profit. But if you don't labor, there will be no profit. You and your family will die of hunger. So, while the other one is talking about of ourselves, this one is talking about not being lazy. There are two extremes that you must avoid if you must be satisfied on a daily basis and be content. Then number six, create family cohesion. Minimize tension in your family. If you look at Genesis chapter 27 and 56, you find this description, Esau, his son. Jacob, her son. Look at it, it's there in the Bible. There should be nothing like that in your family. Love all your children equally. Don't create tension that you may not be able to solve until you die. And even after you have died, they will be after one another's food. And it was created by you. Because you prefer one son or the other. And you know that they will always tell us that the best gift you can give your wife is to love. You can give your children is to do what? To love their mother. Let there be peace in your home. And then, somebody said that if you want to help yourself, love your wife. Because when there's no money in the house, and you love your wife, nobody outside will know about it. Because women in the market, they know how to hide you and protect you. But if you have been maltreating her, and one of the whole world, you, you are a weak man, you cannot even feed your family. Okay, brother, brother, let the church see you. Stand up. But when he's telling the world, I said, When you keep a terrible birthday, how can I work it? And the wounded that I person on our side has to be good. If you a good of the car, that's what you'll be telling people. So create family cohesion. When you love your wife, you're loving, you are being selfish, but at the end of the day, you are the major person that will benefit from it. As a man, don't be the one creating tension in your family. As a woman, support your husband in creating peace. Money is not what brings peace in the home. When you are under God, all of you, the little you have will be enough. Hallelujah. So, let love and peace rule in your home. You can read up Proverbs chapter 15, verse 16, and, and verse 17. Then Proverbs chapter 17, verse 1. Number 7. Do not eat up everything in the year of plenty. Genesis chapter 41, verse 34 and 35. Take this formula. Take this formula and try to run your account. Number one, when you receive your salary or your income, remove 10%. It's a spiritual law. When you remove it, the balance, listen to my language. I started practicing this thing from secondary school and I know that it works. When you remove God's portion, that portion will give for all must be enough for you for the vote. Hello? What me? It's a, it's a spiritual principle. If you do it and it didn't work, come and accuse me. I will tell you why it didn't work. Because I'm 100% sure what I'm telling you. Remove that God's own. Yeah. When you do it, then the next one is savings. Savings is like you're paying yourself. Be selfish about it. Remove 20%. We are going to jot all that 20% later as we are going down. Then number two, three, so remove another 10%. For payment of debts, let me tell you that you are owing 2 million and your salary is 500,000. Does not mean that you take the 500,000 and go and pay 
the creditor. Hello? Where the law holds against you, Niji Madogo, you just keep quiet away in them. If you are owing two million and you are paying one hundred thousand every month, the law cannot hold against the person sees it to court. I'll be paying him. That's how we're going to do it. Oh, well, say, why should you go? Where are you doing two million? That's what I'm going to do. But it's not just what I'm saying, is it a lie? So if your ten percent is one hundred thousand, give it to the man, tell because I'm wearing it. If he abuse you, abuse you. Don't mind. Remember that uh, a, then a borrower is a what? Uh-huh. So you should not bother that the honor and come work useless man. You cannot even uh, take care of your family. Say, yes, sir. But over the hundred thousand up while you celebrate with your wife, you have four hundred left to take care of your family. So when you remove that ten percent, all the people need to work here. You can see here, here that month is finished. Then you use the other one to take care of your family. You don't, you don't go and use your money. I have a, a person that has used his own salary to go and pay the paying debts. Then the family had to put I was not happy with him. You don't do that kind of thing. Unfortunately, it's even a chartered accountant is supposed to know better than me. How can you? What? No matter the pressure the, the creditor puts on you, don't do that. Take 20, uh, 10%. This thing I'm telling you is scientific. It's what we teach professionally. And then 60% living expenses. But take note of the jostling of savings. When children are coming, you know, you start paying school fees and all that. This is what you were doing with your wife when it was only 12 years. But when children start coming, the expenditure will increase. Then reduce the savings from 20 to 10%. Are you following? And then, when they start going, before I was not talking about that because I, I didn't have that experience, but now I know better. You can now increase, return back to 20%. If you are doing this, even in retirement, you still have money to do it. Hello? I listen to me. That service is sacrosanct. No matter the problem you have, you better go and borrow and solve your problem than touch that service. Don't go and borrow from it. I listen to me. Because if you borrow, the likelihood of not paying is higher than if you go and borrow from Ojinta. But if you borrow from yourself, will you remind yourself? Now, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. When you borrow money, especially interest-free money, you are wise. Because by the time you are paying, it's no longer the value of that money. Let's say you borrowed 20,000 three months ago. If you are paying it in four months' time, it's no longer 20,000, maybe just 10 or 15,000, but the person will be very happy. But it's no longer the same value. And meanwhile, that's usually a solve for. If you go to, if you waited until you accumulated that 20,000 to buy it at that period, 20,000 are you going with what I'm saying? So that I don't think that every time borrowing is bad. Praise the Lord. When they, when they, okay, you, all of us know about vicious cycle of poverty, okay? Uh, uh, economics 101. So you find out that that economics 101, the best way to break it is from the savings axis. Because you have no income, no savings, no investments, then it will return back to low inputs that will come back to you, and you have to break it at the area. No matter how small your income is, you can still save. And that way you will be able to get something. Maybe sometimes someday something comes out, you have foundation to start off. Before people can come to help you. Number eight, be prudent in the management of your finances. Avoid extravagance. Avoid spending today what you will earn tomorrow through loans. 
Tomorrow will come with his own demands. So please go. So don't go and use tomorrow's evening and start as spending in advance. In the bank we are doing it a lot. But I thank God for the kind of wife I married. Otherwise, why would I just be living in debt? Why well, you will caution me at the stage I now stop. I will write it in the hand over to her where I come. Because you always say because I salary is sure you believe any without So it's not the best. So except for investments, we have already talked about that. When you're taking no, it should be for investment, but not for consumables. Don't ever borrow for consumables. Live within your means. Avoid impulsive buying like cancer. Impulsive buying. When you're one of his clients, except you are budgeted for it. Discipline yourself. No matter how beautifully found it, God will wait it to be cheaper. And cut down on non-essentials to the barest minimum. Number nine, have multiple streams of income. I feel so happy with doctors in this church. I've never experienced it before. I know doctors and bankers, I belong there so proud. Doctors, bankers, those who work in NNPC, they are proud. And at times it is even false pride. You understand? But if you come to this church, you find a different issue. When you come after social service, you see doctors in this church telling things about Munafia. If you took a hand, it's wisdom. Even those of you who don't have children begin now to accumulate for their welfare. Are you listening to me? It's not when they come that they getting ready. Begin now to save for the training of your children, not when they come. You understand? Uh, so, and when you begin to say, when you remove that one, you will now make you to discipline yourself and go on. Hallelujah. So, have multiple streams of income. The, the greater they are, the better. Don't just, as a banker, I was having a Tugogonike. So, don't think I'm pretending theory. My wife is here, I used to farm a Tugogonike. But one mistake I made, I wish all that man go that land. Because buildings are around at my farm now. So I would have been a very big man by now. But I was just going and I was farming. And the man even wanted me to buy the land that time. We're going to one. We're to do of the of a thousand plus. I was fooling around. Now, Google. When I was at Tonicha, I used to teach these community banking managers. I used to teach them 6 to 8. Do you know that 6 to 8 p.m. teaching was for doing my salary in the bank? So have multiple streams of income and that will help you. To, to, not to be worried, not to be disturbed, even in the time we are in. So, increase shelter, we call it uh, income or cash flow from diverse investments. Creating shelter for current and future storms. Build passive income. Passive income is income that you don't put any effort and the money just flowing. And you know with ICT, you can do these things from the comfort of your house. There are so many of them, and the younger people know better than what I'm talking about. So, letting your money work for you. Cheers, mortgage, government bonds. Just put the money in the bank there. I know what I get on a monthly basis. And then you just put it there, and the money will just be coming in, and you're not doing anything about it. And it's becoming. So, you, you, you create shelter for current and future storms. You create shelter. And nothing bothers you, because you're already taking care of your tomorrow. Hallelujah. So we say that real estate remains the safest and the best in ROI. ROI is simply a return on investment. You know, so it's the best estate if you can do that. 
If you have leftover, just go to Nikatlik Nemia, Kifro, Enaga, from Oyemene. That road that leads. Eh? You see the massive land in Nikatlik, whatever. Okay, Hagoria, the land was useless. But today now we are envying them. Houses are, are around to go that place. Go to the bush, buy land, and then, if you can face it, if you cannot face it, be fighting on it. Tomorrow you become a billionaire tree. When the land you bought 5,000 uh, 5, or 10,000, 10, you now come and see people pricing it 10 million. The land, uh, that place, that place, Okicheta, when King's kids went to buy one land close to that place, 16.5, is it 16 or 17 million? To, to expand King's kids, Okicheta, that place. Hey, I cried. <laughs> 16 million, offer oh, an error, I need 250,000. That's number nine. Number ten. We have only one more. We'll pray. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have positive anticipation. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. You know, I just thank God for this church and the leadership of this church. On the 1st of January, what was the topic? Looking unto Jesus. First Sunday. Eh? And that Sunday, that George and Liberty Faith, Vicar read four passages that were saying the same thing. But don't worry, Kemunga like the most. That's the Habakkuk version. What's the difference between the other three and Habakkuk? Eh? That is his, his personal. Because when you say the judge shall live by faith, it can be, you know, you can fall under the canopy of your husband's faith. Faith, yeah. Every time, in a doubt, carry. But Habakkuk did not allow you that freedom. Also, the judge shall live by her faith. Faith in Kedi. I like this. When he was reading those passages, I picked that particular one. Habakkuk chapter 2. The just shall live by his faith. And if we have kind of got there, because these things are practical, these are not theological issues. Looking onto the author and the finisher of our faith. If you look at Luke chapter 21, the Bible says that men's heart will fail in them because of looking at the things that are. But he said, when these things begin to happen, you should do what? Look up. In the midst of all this crisis and news scattering all the places, people are dying. Not because of what is happening, because of what they are already expecting. In case that eventually may not happen, some people have already died because of the news. But he said you should do what? Look up. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, look up. And when you look up, you will never be disappointed. We are like that. Looking unto Jesus. That's the solution. You must live one day at a time. If you look at the situation and the problems around us, you can never survive any one day. You must look unto Jesus. And then he came to first one day and said, The just shall live by his faith. You must live by your faith. Hallelujah. It's no longer optional to live by faith. The current realities make it mandatory. Hello? The current realities. Makes it mandatory. I've said the time with that number from this group. Because that's the only time I've seen it. One of the times I went to visit Ezekiel Ezob, they say right up in his parlor. 
You know, what we generally know is life is fragile. Handle it with what? With care. But his own is life is fragile. Handle it with prayer. That's what is in his palace. I've not seen it anywhere. So if you must live one day at a time and be happy, we are not talking about surviving one day at a time. We are talking about living joyfully and victoriously. One day at a time, you must be a person of faith. Hallelujah. You know, when we started, we said, this address, this message, I'm not going to do what I call for giving of life. Except if I finish, the Holy Spirit trans me. I'm talking to already Christians. People already have a relationship with God. We are not talking this thing to the pagans. It doesn't have any value to them. If you are a child of God, you must learn to live by faith. It's not optional. Hallelujah. You must live to live by faith. This 2024, if you are going to survive it. The alternative is the unjust shall die by his faithlessness or doubt. The just shall live by faith. The unjust shall do what? By his faithlessness. By the way, this our team is the central team of the whole Bible. This the church shall live by faith. It's the central team of the whole Bible. So without it, you can't survive even a day. Hallelujah. Finally. Finally. I want you to tell yourself. To be factual to yourself and to God when you come before him. In this year. When you see a situation, don't undermine that situation and say, oh, does not exist? That's a part of escape. Admit it. But take it to who? To God. If you look at Genesis. Is it really Genesis? Yes, Genesis chapter 32. Verse 9 to 12. Jacob prayed a prayer there. He said his brother was coming and he was so scared. He God, he reminded God of all his promises. But there's something he said that caught my attention. He said, please deliver me from him. Because I am what? I am afraid of him. There's nothing wrong in admitting those your fears. But we are saying take them to God in what? In prayer. And he will take care of the situation. Amen. So admit and take all the fears back to God. Genesis 32, 9 to 12. Then finally, number 11, make a habit of listening to God daily. Make your Bible your SDC. What is the meaning of SDC? Eh? Make the Bible your SDC. Can you write that SDC in your Bible? And let's sweet daily companion SDC. If you forget every other thing I say, don't forget this SDC. You practice it, you see the result. You remember the James uh, testimony I shared? How many chapters was being read for him? Do you know what James concluded when he now became delivered? His, he now was telling the person that was interviewing him that that is why he reads 25 chapters every day. I was having stomach ache last week. Three days, three um, days, the team was there. So, when I finished reading this testimony, I thought to my wife, that talk over this Bible now, go because I didn't know where it came from, and, uh, but it was so terrible. Talk over this Bible now, since this man, and I go to Bible chapter 23, the team brought him into him. So maybe this Bible now, go for him, but I found. You know, we don't know what we accumulate when we read the Bible. 
We are ignorant of it. Well, our church went for burial of Mrs. Sanegwe, which is that? When we went for burial of uh, Professor Mrs. Sanegwe at Nehru, he told us his story. He said, when he was talking about the Bible, he said that this young man, a pastor, traveled abroad. And when they got to the airport, there was this uh, young boy. A young boy, he just, I'm not going to lie, he just graduated from the university. He was young. Military and police, they came in the convoy and carried him almost from the tarmac. And they went. So the man said he was wondering whether the, or whether the president or prime minister of the country or what. Fortunately for him, when he was coming back from that journey, he had another boy in Aroqua, he had returned to him. The two of them were still staying on the same seat. He was so happy, but he didn't have the boldness to ask. So at the stage, he now introduced himself. He said, I am Ezan. So the boy now told me his name. He waited again. Then someone, another courage, said, Please don't be annoyed. I want to ask you a question. You know, I traveled with you on this journey. When we came back, Andy and the police came in a convoy and carried you from almost the tarmac when others were going outside the airport to go and look for transport. Who are you? Are you the prime minister of Siam? Are you the son of one of the government officials? I said, No. Then why are they come like that? He said, You know what the boy told him? He said that no economic decision can be taken in this country without my involvement. So, Pastor Jusia Yasia, what is your secret? The boy uh, brought his bag and brought that Bible. The way people are looking at me, didn't you go for that barrier? Okay, okay, they say you were not here that time. So, a man brought the Bible and showed the man. Pastor was like, how is Yasia, is he not from the Bible that he showed him uh, Joseph's recommendation to to Pharaoh that brought solutions, did not economic that, that is where he takes it. Every advice on the name of men is in the Bible. For economic prosperity of the country. The man said when he returned back to Nigeria, he called his family together and he told them from today, nobody's going to take breakfast in this house until you revive chapters. <laughs> Hallelujah. So please, in conclusion, my dear brethren, let's make the Bible our companion. Tell yourself how many chapters you want to read it. Those official words are anyway. It's okay. But that thing is even later. We are talking about reading the New Testament in um, one month. I finished the New Testament in three days. I think there was even a time I sat down and finished the New Testament in one day. You can do it. It was Frank that was asking me. It doesn't matter. We call it Bible reading. We didn't say Bible study. It's different from Bible study. Give yourself the number of chapters you'll be reading on a daily basis. And you'll be seeing the impact upon your life. Hallelujah. So if you must live one day at a time, this Bible must become your sweet daily companion. Not two days or three days. Conclusion. Abraham went down to Egypt. That Abraham went down to Egypt does not mean Isaac must do the same. Listen to who? To God. Daily. In Genesis 26, 2 to 4, and of course in, 4, in 12 to 14, you see the blessings that God, the Bible said that He grew and became wealthy in a supposedly barren land. Because God said, stay there. If Nigeria is your place of blessing, stay here. I have of a, of a nephew, a nephew came for here. I have another nephew. And some, most of these people are medical doctors. 
Very dear to me, once my dear sister, my dear sister was here in this church when this my nephew's son was dedicated. Some of you were thinking it's my son because one has Ezali. But Ezali is his name, but the son name is Ekuma. He did this thing at Memphis. Some of you may know Mike, but he put actually car, but he did this at Memphis. As I'm talking with you, Mike is supposed to be the only neurosurgeon in the whole of Ebony State. Is he not comfortable? I've been to his house in Abakan, it's a very mighty mansion. But as I'm talking with you, because anybody can know young people, kind of, even people too. It's in Saudi Arabia. And in that Saudi Arabia, when I talk with you, it doesn't seem it's driving satisfaction. Like what he says with his mouth. But you are still staying there. And your children are still like this. For some time now, he has been refusing to communicate because I'm talking so hard to him. And then you carry your family there. Are you coming back here? So, that this person went and the other person went. It's not me, you must go. You know, some of us here, what the Holy Spirit brought, here Chigura is visa to the US. If God has planted you and he has said he's going to prosper you here, when did he? Hallelujah. We are going to pray. We are going to pray. If you do all these things you have enumerated, many more. Lay up your treasures in heaven. The whole of this 2024 on a daily basis, you will be a rejoicing and a winning and contented person. Let us pray. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Tomorrow may never be yours. Him to just give you the strength to do every day what you know you cannot do and not bother yourself what you cannot do. And that's where he's going to help you. I've never seen anybody call on Jesus and he did not answer. He has never done that to me and he cannot do it. Talk to him. Just your consent. We said you should not hide them. Like Jacob, you should be able to admit that the thing is bothering you, but bring it to God. Bring it to Him in prayer. We're just starting the year. Why God planted this, our ministers, Zika and these officers? It's not just to be preaching to us. They are there to help and to guide us. Take those consents. By the time they finish talking with you, I believe you will walk out of that counseling place, a relief person. Take advantage of your presence. And if you're here and you know you have not known Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, like we have said, this message is not for you. If you want to enjoy the year, give your life to Him. Invite him into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. By the time we are done with this service, and you know you are not yet a Christian, approach any of the ministers, approach the ushers, they will tell you what to do. So that you be saved. Don't just go home like that. So that you be happy. We present ourselves as living sacrifices unto you, instruments of righteousness in every place we get to slaves of holiness in all of 2024 and beyond in the name of Jesus. 
Father, cause the words you have implanted in our minds and hearts to germinate and bear fruit. Lord, we will think on them. Lord, we will meditate on them. Lord, we will put them to practice above the designs and the dispositions of this world. We will put your word to practice. We make your word our sweet daily companion and prayer our resort in full assurance that you are in control and you will bring your word to pass. Thank you, Almighty Father, for hearing us and for doing beyond what we ask or think. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.